Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North. So we haven't got already. This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We've got quite a lot on the table today, including an update to uh, to a story I didn't think we were going to get an update on. You're not going to want to miss it. An update on G2A. And trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. First, though. The world of hacking is getting dangerously close to just straight up being a Hollywood movie. Because only a Hollywood script would come up with hackers attacking and commandeering, installing malware on European supercomputers for the sole purpose of using the supercomputer resources to mine cryptocurrency what else <laughs> what? what of all the things and unfortunately the article doesn't mention which cryptocurrencies not that it matters none of the cryptocurrencies are profitable right now as far as mining goes None of them, because otherwise, I mean, let's be honest. If mining was profitable, the GPU market would be absolutely shredded again, more so than NVIDIA already turned it into. But needless to say, this kind of goes along the whole thing I was saying in regards to every single Intel security vulnerability Every single major vulnerability. The average user is never, ever going to see it. The data on the data center, on the other hand. Oh, that is the big target. Someone in the chat saying word is on the street that the hacking was done by a government agency looking for progress on COVID and crypto mining is a cover up. Ooh. There's an interesting theory that would make more sense because a lot of these supercomputers are, in fact, doing protein folding to try and find any sort of method to, you know, fight COVID. It's pretty profitable when you're using someone else's electricity. I mean, mean, chat, you aren't wrong. That is about the only way that mining right now is profitable. Even if you're doing something like Ethereum or something. Although, then again, all it takes is one of the minor nothing cryptocurrencies to all of a sudden have a whole lot of tinfoil hat backing 
and then Shazam. Mining profitable once again. Oh boy! The FBI has successfully broke into an iPhone and is still super not happy with Apple about it. So, if you recall, this story is, I'm not even kidding. This started years ago. Like, I want to say six years? Might be sooner than that. But the whole thing about law enforcement trying to get into suspects' phones to try and get evidence, well, Apple hasn't really been a fan of cooperating. I believe Google has also fought against against that as well, but the whole goal was law enforcement trying to get into sus- suspects' phones, and of course, Apple is just like, in, in, no, we, we don't want to make a backdoor. And I'm still kind of torn on this. It's still kind of a weird gray area. Because if you go ahead and make a backdoor, well, then someone who's not so uh, honest as, say, the FBI or or the law enforcement is going to take advantage of it. And yes, I know plenty of you out there are typing in right now, but what about this, that, and the other thing? Oh, my God. I'm talking about another criminal. A cyber a cyber attacker. Or better yet, the Jags hijacking supercomputers to mine bitcoins. So I still see that. On the other hand, there still has to be some kind of method to get this kind of evidence, because otherwise. Well, then there's gonna be no way of trying to track down any kind of criminal. I side more on the side with Apple on this when a push comes to shove it's still just kind of a weird area you know no matter how you look at it so they did it eventually and they're still pretty pissed about it don't blame them The following, though, is a story that I chose not to talk about last week. Doom Eternal decided to add an anti-cheat tool called Denuvo. And a lot of people were pretty ticked off about it. Personally, with everything that was going on last week, and seeing, oh, Doom Eternal adds Dunevo... To, to it. I was just like, okay, whatever. A lot of people were pretty pissed about it, though, because Dunevo, apparently, and I was unaware of this, is a kernel-level driver that is very intrusive and affects the performance of many machines. This kind of, I'll admit, this slid under my radar. There was definitely more bigger fish to fry. And honestly, it's been so long ago, I don't even remember what fish there was to fry. But needless, needless to say, uh, Doom Eternal has decided, after looking at the backlash they got, you know, I think we're just going to uh, 
stop it. We should just absolutely just stop having that. It'd be a good plan. So there you go, Dunevo. Gone. Another thing that's kind of an odd track. Um, I'm sorry. Backing up on AMD. Originally said that the Ryzen 4000 CPUs would not have any sort of backwards compatibility. You had to get a new motherboard. And, you know, it's to, to me it made sense. As the, as the CPUs get more and more advanced, there's just gonna, only going to be so much backwards compatibility you're going to be able to do, and there's just going to be features that are lost. So, But it was still deciding, you know what, we're just... That, that whole thing about we're going to be backwards compatible for five generations, yeah, that's not going to be a thing. Well, after the Intel 10th generation chips dropped, AMD made two big moves. First off, the price of the 3900 was dropped by 100 bucks. And the Ryzen 4000 series were announced to be backwards compatible to the B450 and the X470 motherboards. This is going to sound very weird. This is going to sound very weird for me to say. The motherboard backwards compatibility, I think, was a bad decision. What? You want to know why it's a bad decision? Because it's a sign that AMD could have made it happen, but chose not to, as opposed to a decision that was made out of necessity. Originally, when the decision was made, I defended it, saying, I get it. I understand we can't always get all the backwards compatibility we want. Eventually, there's a limit. It turns out they could have done it. Whoops. Chat thinks what's going to happen is that there's going to be a new BIOS revision going out and it's going to drop support for older CPUs again. Honestly, I still stand by the decision, or my my previous statement I said, it was either last week or the week before when it was first announced. I believe it was two weeks ago. For the most part, you're going to have to go and get the newest chipset anyway to get the the most amount of performance. It's still nice to know when you're building a new system, I would say up, upgrading the motherboard is a good idea. Especially if you stick in the AMD realm where it's possible down the road to go get a BIOS update and upgrade the CPU. But I, but personally, 
even though a lot of people try to defend this choice, if you're building new from scratch, the 50, 60, 70 bucks you're saving by going with an older generation motherboard with a current gen CPU, I think is foolish. Because a lot, because there's a decent chance you're going to be limiting yourself. You're especially going to be limiting yourself with something like, oh, I don't know, the last generation of CPUs. If you went ahead and got, what was it, a B200 or 300 board? Not if that's 20% of the cost. I would still say getting a current gen motherboard, even if it's downgrading to, like, say, uh, to the B series or one of the lower end series, is still going to be better than choosing a a a higher end last generation board i think that's still foolish especially if you look at the difference between the 2000 series ryzen and the 3000 series ryzen i know why people do it i disagree with the decision I really, really do. And the people, go, and in fact, there's the argument right right there, try, trying to go and avoid the chipset fan. So what? So what? Are we really going to be that afraid of a chipset fan? Yeah, it's going to be proprietary. Yeah, in, a, in, a, in, a number, in an amount of time, it's eventually going to die. Guess what? Your system's going to be obsolete sooner. Do do I have a system with a chipset fan? Yeah. I do. Quite a few, in fact. One, two, three, four, five, six... If you want to go do it because of a chipset fan, I'm not your I'm not your dad. I'm not here to tell you 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 really hate the noise enough, then go for it. But when push comes to ch- to shove, <laughs> I think that's more, if if it's really a if it's re- all right. If you have a chipset fan that is making is making enough audible noise that you can hear it over the rest of the system, do not. Here's what you do: you return the board because that's not a that's not a good design. Period. Like, at all. That, to me, comes off as a... The manufacturer went and put the worst fan they could in there. Maybe the per, the person that's saying in chat is saying that, that their system is quiet enough that the chipset fan is audible. Maybe that's the case. But here here's what it boils down to, to me. Are you really going to give up the performance you lose 
because it's an older board and is not able to take full advantage of the CPU. In the case of of Ryzen going from the 2000 to the 3000 series, are you willing to lose current gen PCI Express? For a couple of years, yeah, sure, whatever. PCI Express 3.0 is not going to matter. It's not PCI Express 3.0 didn't matter last year, P, or I'm sorry, PCI Express 4.0 didn't matter last year, this year, next year, or the year after. Like that much I could guarantee you. It's not going to matter for the next three years. What about after that? Is it going to get the proper power delivery? Probably not. Because it wasn't designed for the newer, higher-end chip. It was designed for an older one. It's just compatible. But no, I, I, a chat is actually adamant about this. No, I'm sorry, but going with an older gen, building new with an older board with the newest CPU is stupid. To me, it is absolutely stupid. It is leaving so much on the table. What is the point of getting? say a Ryzen 3900 if I can't use everything it's it's able to do and I'm not just talking PCI Express 4.0 I'm talking the clocks I'm talking the turbos because you know that older board is not going to give the power delivery that newer chip demands it's not what about a a new motherboard with an older cpu it would really depend on the older cpu it really would in the case of ryzen i would not do it especially right now well here's my first step first off buying new right now this is the worst time to be buying PC components, in my opinion. The market has... the God, the market right now is just a hot mess. It, it really is. Power supply prices are, are, go, are going up. No one knows what the future of RAM is going to be. We have Ryzen 4000 series that's going to be coming out within the next six months more than likely oh wait it's me within the next like five months nvidia is going to be put putting um is going to be putting out new gpus amd is going to be putting out new gpus soon like right now you're definitely in a position of wait to buy like seriously wait Now, the backwards compatibility, if you have an older system, like let's say you have, you're one of the early adopters for Ryzen, 
you're happy as can be that, oh, hey, look, I can drop a, a newer Ryzen 3000 in there. Absolutely. I get it. But, like, right now, I would not buy new components unless you find a killer deal. That's, that's always going to be my caveat when it comes to this. Chad assumes that flash prices are going to go up. Probably. Probably. Oh, man. But in any case, after that uh, that that PC building rant, even though chat agrees to disagree with me, I think on, on this, they are more backward c- compatible. And hey, that's good news. It means you're going to be able to get more life out of a system. Oh yeah, there's the uh, there's the other thing as far as pr- prices. The freaking Logitech C920. This this has actually been one thing that's actually like ticked me off. The C920, which is like Logitech's like most basic, bare bones, functional webcam that is, that at least works. Those suckers are going for like two hundred dollars right now. Two hundred dollars. Because unfortunately right now with everyone working at home, everyone needs a webcam. That's the cheapest one. And well, a lot of the factories are shut down because of COVID-19. And hey, guess what? They're now selling for $200 new. In fact, heck, my buddies out in... um, My buddies that I usually get off-lease equipment from, I actually even saw... They had a bunch. Someone actually did buy five of them. I'm, I am very curious to know how much those freaking C920s sold for. But yeah, right now there's just so much uncertainty in the world. It's just nuts. Just, just crazy. As far as the prices are going to go, they're probably going to go up and then they'll probably go down afterwards. <sighs> Man. Another person's opinion from the chat. Best time to build a PC is when you have the money to do so. Yes and no. I mean, that, of course, obviously, that's one of the things that you should always consider. Do you have the money to do so and justify it? Outside of that right now with everything that's going to be com- going to be coming down cuz the thing is is that um to like for example, if I go out and shell out for example 400 bucks for a GTX or an RTX 2060 to replace my um my dying GTX 780. All right, let's pretend I did that, because that actually was a decision I was about to pull the trigger on. But then let's pretend two weeks later, the RTX 3070 drops, and then all of a sudden, 
people flood the markets with their old GPUs, which then starts forcing sellers to push their current stock of RTX 2060s on the markets for half off just to get rid of them. It's also especially the case since a lot of the rumors we've been hearing about the new RTX 3000 series is that they are supposed to be crazy monsters compared to the RTX 2000 series. If those rumors are correct, that means that people are going to be trying to dump their 2000 series. That's a never chat says that's a never ending cycle though. You can't wait for the best thing. There's always a new thing coming around the corner. When did the RTX 2000 series come out? Anyone? Anyone? I actually don't remember to be perfectly honest. It's either like two or three years. When did the RTX 2000 series first launch? It has, in fact, been two years. It's not like the... And more... Not even two... I mean, you, I mean, okay, again, I'm not... You can go frickin' spend it however you want. But when it's this close, I would argue against it. Man, I am... I mean, you, you can go get it whenever you want. I personally... I'm telling you what I think. I think right now is the most foolish time to get it. The supers were... The supers don't mean squat. Let's be honest. When it comes to the RTX super cards, you know what they were? The RTX super cards was NVIDIA just trying to stretch as much life out of it as possible. The, the super cards was like the sign of just saying like, go get it. We don't care. We have nothing planned. That was the that was easily the best time to just go like yeah just go get a card whatever because almost every single super card was just like it's a percent or two better yay it was just not even worth it it really really wasn't oh god the super cards were a better bend conceal exactly it was just like hmm. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Future Eagle here. So since the recording of the podcast, there has been something that's come to my attention. The articles I read suggested that, oh, hey, by the way, full support for from AMD to support older CPUs on the newer B450 and Z470 AMD motherboards is totally legit and totally has the blessing of AMD. That is not the case. They wanted to put that out and get that press announcement, but uh, hey, guess what? Turns out from Gamers Nexus, they have confirmed that in fact all AMD is doing is just like, Hey, board manufacturers, here you go. Have fun. They just handed over the source code to the board manufacturer and just said, hey, if you can make backwards compatibility happen and advertise it, go nuts. So here's the thing. As I said before, I still, despite everyone trying to prove me wrong, say I will still, I still will say, if you are building a new system, 
I see no reason to save a few cents by going with an older board. Whether it be because of a chipset fan or whatever, it still makes no sense to me to go with an older board. It just doesn't. And I know I'm going to get emails trying to argue, my penny saved. You're all, why build a new system if you're already going to have it be behind? That is my point. And the fact that the backwards compatibility from AMD is clearly just, here you go, go have fun, try to make it happen, and has pretty much no support from AMD. That's pretty much what this is. They wanted the headlines of saying, we bless this. But in reality, AMD is not going to do squat. That is a huge statement and actually does change the tone of what I've all just said quite a bit. It really does, though my opinion still stands. If you're going to go build new, I would say go with the newest motherboard possible to make sure you have as much longevity out of the system. Because what's the point of going with an... All right, here... Here is what I should have said. All right, picture this. You're building a new system, right? You go ahead and you throw in the newest, highest end, let's say 3,900, because the 3,900 right now actually is $100 cheaper. Let's say you throw that in. You have 12 cores. You're all happy as a clam. All right, PS5 and the Xbox Series X comes out. And with that, a new generation of games starts launching. Whenever a console comes out, this is just how it ends up working. Games are made for the consoles. Even though our PCs can smoke the consoles. In other odd news that has nothing to do with PC building, because, man, I have not seen this much backlash from the chat on an opinion in a while. Excuse me, sorry about that. The original Xbox's complete source code has leaked online. I'm not going to lie. This amuses me way more than it should. What's much more amusing is that under all of the all of the Xbox's source code Windows NT 3.5 is the kernel on the original Xbox. Oh boy. So in the end, here's what it means. Basically nothing. For the most part to the average user, this is going to mean absolutely nothing. It will, however, mean Xbox emulators are about to get crazy good. Thank you, chat. XP by comparison was the Windows 5.0 kernel. And then Vista was 6. And then Windows 7 was also 6. Go figure that one out. Actually, no, Vista was 6.1? And 7 was 6.2? Or was Vista 6.0, 7, 6.1, and 8 was 
two. And then 10 was just kernel 69, because why not? It was 6.0, 6.1, 6.2. Okay. And then Windows Windows 10 was like probably Windows 7 or something like that. Man, Microsoft can't count. Just, just wow. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Let's talk about the Epic's game PS4 demo. We talked about it briefly last week, but there's been more stuff that's just kind of surfaced about it. It's kind of interesting in a weird sort of way. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. Getting off the topic of computer PC building, literally during the entire commercial break as we were live, it was just like nothing but PC building questions. And also firing up the AC unit because it is getting hot, sticky, and humid. Inside the studio here. Of which I am occasionally glancing over my AC unit to make sure it's not dribbling water onto the floor. Because it's literally the first fire of the year. But pretty much my, my last point is... um On, on that so- sort of th- thing is, you know... Just stay within budget. And as, as I said, if you can find a good deal, by all means, jump on it. Chat's now memeing at me with, with, with saying, Closed AC Yums remote COVID spread. Oh my god. Yep, you got me. Yep, I'm I'm going to increase the chance of me spreading COVID nineteen to myself. Wait. Oh no, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the plushies. I'm gonna get the plushies sick. Even though I've I've been screened so much. I have been screened so much for COVID-19 because I work as a subcontractor for a hospital, for several hospitals, in fact, that it's like, my God, I am fairly, fairly certain that I don't have COVID-19. Chat says true heroes wear masks even when they're in the car alone. Oh my god. Uh, don't even get me started on the on, on the masks. Don't even get me started. Mostly just because most of the masks that we get they give us like minimal protection compared to like the stuff that those of us actually in the field have to wear. Like at, at, at our actual place of work, we've got full-blown, almost full-face respirators covered. Completely. Dri- drivers are not allowed to wear masks because they impede vision. Wow. Oh, man. But at the same time, like, the hospitals, we always just like, yeah, you have to go put this on. 
But even when we're just like, but those don't provide, yeah, we know. It's, it's you know, you just gotta. The other thing I actually do know is a lot of people, when they wear wear masks, and this is actually going to help no one listening on the uh, on the actual audio-only podcast, I still see way too many people that are wearing the masks, and they cover them up to the bottom of their nose, but still leaving their nose exposed, or the bottom of the mask still stops short of their chin. If you are doing this, your mask is... You might as well not have a mask. Like, at all. Just period. Uh. Epic Games. They showed off a Unreal Engine 5 tech demo last week on the PS5. And then started to tout that the PS5 is going to be hugely revolutionary because of its SSD technology that no one can ever match. And I'm not going to lie. I did let that comment slip by me a little bit. Because I did just go, well, yeah, I mean, it's a direct pipeline. PC can't do that. They can't just get a direct pipeline. It has to go through several buses. Yeah, a PC can, in fact, get those speeds. It totally can. The PC can actually get speeds that surpass that, like, easily. <sighs> There's always going to be other things that... But here, here's the thing. Here is the thing. You can preach about the PS5's crazy SSD loading speeds... But it doesn't matter when everything else about it is going to be subpar. The Unreal Engine 5 tech demo ran at 10 frames per second higher on a mobile RTX 2080. Just let that sink in for a second. The frickin' <laughs> I get that it's a popular time right now because we have the PS5 and the Xbox Series X coming out soon. Like they're going to be coming out more than likely in 6 months ish. They're going to be coming out during the holiday season of 2020. It may, in fact, be the only thing that happens in 2020 that doesn't cause that doesn't cause d- despair and sadness at the rate 2020 is going. But to say, and there's plenty of console fanboys out there to say that these consoles are going to completely blow away PCs. And I've been saying this is stupid. You want to know why? Because the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are low-powered PCs! The only thing, underline, the only thing that they both have is a unique operating system and the PS5 is able to pull off 
a layout of the storage that is very difficult to do on a PC. In fact, to some degrees, is impossible. But you can still do things like RAID 0 the SSDs to get the rewrite speeds that you could get on the PS5. Is it a good idea to do that? Probably not, because when push comes to shove, lowering your two-second loading screen to a second and a half... Who cares? Surprise, by the way, the higher-end hardware performs better. What are the odds? Actually, you know what this actually is a bit concerned for? This is actually really bad news for AMD fanboys. Think about it. The PlayStation 5 is running the next generation RDNA 2 GPUs. They're running Big Navi. If the tech demo is losing by 10 frames per second, and granted, we are talking 30 frames per second on the PS5 versus 40 frames per second on a laptop. A laptop! That is a sign. Granted, not a good one. Because, of course, you know, you're, you're comparing a console chip integrated into a CPU. A very custom CPU, mind you. But at the same time, it's fighting against a GPU that is shrunk down and fitting into a notebook. It is a sign that Big Navi might not. Might! And this is a big might! Because of all the things I just said. That it's not going to be able to keep up with current NVIDIA stuff. That's about the only useful information I can draw from this article. Other than the fact that console fanboys are sipping a little too much of the Kool-Aid. But again, the only way we're going to know for certain is when Big Navi is out and in our hands and we can torture it with Furmark and other benchmarks that are more worthwhile than Furmark. I mean, Furmark does provide some useful information, but in the grand scheme of things, it's just to turn a PC into a heater. Then again, so is folding at home. Sorry about that. Let's shift over to uh, this little oddball article. Ubisoft is suing Google and Apple over a Rainbow Six Siege clone. Chat's real takeaway from from the article I just talked about is that the Unreal 5 engine demo looks pretty freaking good. Yeah, there you go. 
So apparently a mobile company has decided to uh, launch a game called Area F2, which is a free-to-play shooter on the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store that appears to be a carbon copy clone of Rainbow Six Siege. Ubisoft, who would totally do this, has has decided to... Well, sue. But the thing is that suing a nobody company like Area F2 isn't going to get anywhere. Let's be honest. The developers of F2, they live in a Russian bunker out in the middle of Siberia, and suing them is pretty much the equivalent of me trying to charge my apartment walls for rent. It's going to go nowhere. So what do they do? They're suing Apple and Google. And now you're thinking, Eagle, why are you talking about this? Ubisoft being a dweeb and and suing over a clone. Whatever. What happens if Ubisoft wins? There's the question you should be asking. If Ubisoft wins, that means that that places like the Google Play Store, that the that the Apple App Store are now responsible for what is sold on their platforms. That can even translate to, as chat is pointing out, much more serious ramifications potentially on other platforms. That means other places that have content are responsible for what other people post on their platform with that content. That means YouTube can be in some serious trouble. That means Twitch can be in some serious trouble. That means Mixer can... Oh, wait. They're already in serious trouble. Oh man, can we, can we talk for a brief moment on how just Mixer can't seem to tell what the heck to do with its life? I mean, my god. It used to be the meme that the PS3 has no games. Mixer has no viewers. Like, holy cow. It is stunning. How much money Mixer has pumped into talent and got nothing to show for it. I cannot wait to see the Q2 numbers for the streaming platform. But getting back to this, if this lawsuit is successful, and I have a feeling it won't be, for the same reason that lawsuits against Twitch, against YouTube have not been successful for trying to hold content creators for trying to hold the platform responsible for what content creators say. But if they are, this can be devastating to the internet as a whole. Potentially. Needless to say, we're going to be keeping an eye on this 
as much as we can. Australia claims to have the world's fastest internet. Australia claims they can push out 44.2 terabits per second on a single connection. That's neat. I have a question. How much do the uh, do the users see? Like it's kind of funny here in the U.S. We like to uh, we we like to to complain about how slow our internet is, and how the rest of the world has it better. Granted, large chunks of the world do have much better internet than we do over here in the U.S. But man, Australia gets, they get hosed. 44.2 terabits per second. I'm willing to bet most connections are like 4.2 megabits per second in Australia. All you can hear from uh, from others in Australia that I was worried about this but it's basically a meme that Australia just has awful home internet speeds especially for the price and granted it can't get it can't be easy to get the connections over to them they are in fact an entire continent that is an island but at the same time for them to go we have 44.2 terabits so what what does that translate to to the average person yeah that's kind of what I thought Well, they got it. Hooray. PC Gamer is reporting that uh, they did, in fact, overclock their new Core i9-10900K. But at the cost of, well, all the power in the world. I mean, not quite. The overclocked Intel Core i9 sucked 331 watts of power not including the rest of the system, just the CPU. To put that in perspective, although it's granted it's a very bad perspective, my video editing server that is rocking two CPUs, 96 gigabytes of RAM, and a dedicated quadro 4000 or k4000 gpu that thing sips 180 watts of power under full load i know that's not a very good uh, measure but that's that's the best i got i'm sorry So needless to say, this chip drawing this much is a little insane. 
Just a little. Chat disbelieves me with two CPUs. Yes, I am 100% certain that it is drawing only that amount of power. I could bring it up right now. Granted, it's not under load right now. Needless to say, though, the, um, yeah, the, uh, the, the CPU can draw a whole lot of watts. And it's a bit concerning. There are rumors coming out that the in that the upcoming Intel Tiger Lake CPUs. Well, those guys. They're going to have that crazy uh, 10 nanometers we kept hearing that Intel was going to have. Uh, uh. Hey, remember when Intel kept saying we got 10 nanometers, we got 10 nanometers, we totally have 10 nanometers, we can totally have 10 nanometers. Remember that? I remember. I I remember 10 nanometers. I remember it like it was yesterday. Well, Intel is also claiming, claiming that their 12th generation integrated graphics architecture would be able to compete with the integrated Vega GPUs and AMD's SOCs. Wait. I mean, granted, it's nice to see that, yeah, we're upping our GPU architecture, but, um... Let me get this straight. You're bragging that your integrated GPU is competing with your opponent's Current, arguably last gen integrated GPU. Like, we're talking Vega. It's only a matter of time. Granted, they're still using Vega in their in their APUs or SOCs or whatever you want to call it. But, really? Th- this is how you're going to brag? Intel, buddy, look, I love you and all, and granted, the fact that you managed to get more impressive numbers out of 14 nanometer, not gonna lie, I thought 10th gen was gonna be a bust. I really did. You managed to squeeze some bigger numbers. Granted, most of those bigger bigger numbers was wattage. And you managed to do it without chips catching fire yet. You know, you, 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 you proved me there, all right? You, you managed to do something. It's not what you need to do, and I don't expect you to do a whole lot until next year, but um, this is about the equivalent of someone coming into work and saying, I bike to work today. Be proud of me. Come on, man. Come on. We can do better. I believe in you. Shifting gears radically, because I have no better way to shift gears, the Google Pixel 5 
will, in fact, most likely, according to rumors, not ship with the high-end Qualcomm Snapdragon 865. And I'm not going to lie, I have not been paying attention to how Snapdragon labels their processors, because quite frankly, the numbers on ARM chips... It might as well all be question marks because the numbers don't really add up to the amount of performance they're able to push out. It's kind of like GPUs in a weird sort of way. The only thing that matters is the benchmarks they're able to perform when when all is said and done. But needless to say, the Google Pixel 5, rumors are saying it's going to use the generation, or the, not the generation, but the tier under the 800 series, the Snapdragon 765. That is at least what these rumors are claiming. NVIDIA, on the other hand, over here is saying that, hey, we are working on an AI that is going to be able to, or not an AI, a cloud server. I'm sorry, I'm mixing up buzzwords. My bad. That is going to be able to do for VR what GeForce Now is trying to do for PC gaming. I love the fact that they include trying to do because GeForce Now is not being allowed to do anything! What is GeForce Now able to do? It's able to do nothing because no developer is wants GeForce Now to exist. Like, I absolutely hate what NVIDIA has single-handedly done to the GPU market. I absolutely hate the fact that they have gotten so comfy in their GPU leadership position that the highest-end GPUs, rather than costing six, $700, now cost double that. That still annoys me to no end. And I absolutely do hate NVIDIA for it, despite the fact they do, in fact, have the best GPUs. But you can't help but feel like they're just being bullied when it comes to GeForce Now. And granted, I am not in the market for cloud gaming. I absolutely am not. That being said, though, I am debating turning one of my servers into a cloud gaming server and loading my old GTX 780 in there and uh, trying to see what I can do with that. That actually be kind of amusing. So I'll just tell you this right now. NVIDIA's Cloud XR, here, here is bold predictions by Eagle Falcon. Cloud XR is going to launch. And everyone is going to just abandon ship. No one is going, is going to want to put their game on Cloud XR because... the same reason that no one's putting their games on GeForce now. They want to make sure their palms are greased extra, even though paying developers extra to have it on a cloud gaming service makes literally no sense. We're going to take a break here when we come back. I have a whole lot more news, and also we still have to get to the G2A update. And trust me, It's worth it.
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Did you know that Dyson was working on an electric vehicle? I'm not going to lie. James Dyson working on an electric vehicle does seem like one of those things I vaguely recall, like, mentioning in a two-minute segment, like, years ago, and then kind of forgot about it, with kind of the comment of, huh, neat, everyone's trying to be Elon. Well, Mr. Dyson has stopped development of their electric vehicle And they spent, and admittedly, I keep mixing up these symbols, but I'm pretty sure I have this symbol correct, 500 million pounds. That is Doctor Who money, for those of you who are unaware. We're not talking actual weight over here in the U.S. 500 million Doctor Who dollars. 500 million British pounds. No one in chat has told me yet that I that that is actually euros, so I am pretty confident I have it right. Now they they did say they were able to get a 600 mile range per charge on the vehicle, which admittedly is very very impressive. The thing is is that They knew there was no way this vehicle was going to be even close to affordable. And that is the problem that pretty much every single electric vehicle out there faces. It's something that that Tesla has only recently managed to nail. And even then, it's still kind of on the higher side compared to a stripped-down car. So never forget the Dyson electric vehicle, which may or may not had a built-in central vac system built into it. Facebook is trying to take on Amazon in what I can only describe as quite possibly the beginning of the end of the internet. Not really, but just the sound of we're praising Facebook for competing with Amazon just feels like my God. What year is this? What universe is this? Where we're happy that Facebook is competing with Amazon in an online shopping. Oh, God. Who do you root for? Is it bad that I look at this and even though I know Amazon needs some good competition when it comes to online shopping... That I'd rather see Amazon beat out Facebook. Because I know Facebook's going to mess it up. I know that Facebook doing this is going to harvest like a metric ton of data. And that they're going to try and sell my shopping habits to others. You know that Facebook's going to do it. You know it. You know Facebook is going to harvest that data. They're going to be like, no, we're never going to do it. You know they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to try and sell it. They're going to, they're going to first off, be bad at selling your shopping habits. It's going to leak out there, and then everyone's going to know that you went ahead and, you ha- and that you actually looked up on Facebook Shopping how much things from Bad Dragon are, are going for. Don't do that, by the way. 
just don't. Uh, what the heck? What is this world? Microsoft has teamed up with OpenAI to build a massive AI-powering supercomputer in Azure. All right, look. AI is super cool. Don't get me wrong. The potential for what AI can do is... It pretty much is the new frontier in what computing can do. But does anyone else feel like AI has just become the new buzzword? AI today is pretty much what machine learning was last year and the year before. Like tech companies, I swear they are paid $5 every time they said the word machine learning in 2018 and 2019. I think AI is very quickly becoming the new $5 word. Okay, yeah, chat does make a good point. It basically is almost the same thing. It is. It, 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 it is. It's dangerously close to pretty much being the exact same thing. I'm trying to think what some of the other like key buzzwords we got sick of hearing. Like machine learning by far was like the biggest one. And actually the bigger thing was that machine learning was actually being used as a term for a lot of things that weren't machine learning. Like at all. And that was getting obnoxious. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on that. However, in another universe... Apple uh, details for Apple's new glass, which is their AR glasses, have leaked. The details leaking say that these will, in fact, just be called Apple Glass. Why they aren't being called eyeglass is beyond me. It seems like the biggest no-brainer in the world, but... Apple is Apple, and I am just a guy who likes to repair his stuff. And these glasses will cost 500 bucks. You know, I'm not going to lie. If they actually do launch at 500 bucks, and granted, granted, this leak might actually be intentional, and it actually might be Apple trying to float the idea of 500 bucks and see if people are just like oh that's very reasonable to then go yes we can jack it up another 200 dollars everyone thinks 500 is reasonable <laughs> that might actually be what this be and it would not surprise me in the least but real talk 500 bucks for ar glasses that look like normal glasses that does seem very reasonable to me. Now, I wouldn't want these. I don't... Okay, let me rephrase that. I don't think I want these. I say that as the guy with a smartwatch that I'm, oddly enough, not wearing right now. Who wears a Bluetooth headset pretty, pretty much everywhere as selfly as possible. 
Like I pretty much gear myself up with almost as much as much wearable tech as I can to a degree. Now people in the chat are no- noticing in here and I was going to get to that that in fact non-prescription versions would be 499 but Glasses that would require a prescription would add an additional cost. The cost, unfortunately, at this time is unknown. Now, I'm not going to lie. As someone who has been blessed with pretty dang good eyesight, I have no idea how glasses prescriptions work. I have no idea if there's like a standardized sort of thing, like one eyelet, like there's certain degrees of it, or if they all have to be custom done or anything of that nature. I I fortunately know nothing about that. Chat is suspecting that um, these will probably range from like an additional 300 to 500 dollars glasses were about 175 bucks per lens yikes plus the actual frame hmm oh god i'm just imagining i'd have, i'd actually be first curious to see who the heck Apple is going to partner with because I seriously doubt they're going to go ahead and say we are going to make medical grade glass ourselves I actually can't remember the last time I went to an eye doctor to have my eyes measured last time it actually was 2020 I seriously doubt I'm 2020 now I seriously seriously doubt it but we'll we'll see. In other news, Samsung has made their first official outdoor TV. They call it the Terrace, and it starts at thirty five hundred dollars. It's part of their new line of weather resistant. Crud! I can't remember what the heck the the thing called. I am like, can you tell? I am like basically done. I blame the humidity today. They're weather-resistant QLEDs. I forgot what the Q stands for. It's on the tip of my tongue. It might just be like quantum. OLED with quantum dots. That's what it was. Thank you, chat. It's going to be sh- shipping out for $3,500 along with an optional, quote, patio-friendly soundbar. Now, there's a couple of questions I could ask. Like, why? How many people really want to mount a TV outdoors? I know there is a market for it.
I know there's I I know there is a market, especially a suburban market. Heck, depending on how good the uh, anti glare is and how well it handles in direct sunlight, I can think of plenty indoor applications for it. But is there really this much of a demand for it? Hmm, I wonder. Either way, there you go. First outdoor TV. Then again, Samsung also has a has a habit of just making everything willing to make small volumes of unique stuff and just get out there so that they can say we cover it all. Kind of like the Samsung Galaxy S20 Tactical Edition. A Samsung Galaxy S20 that is military ready with a whole lot of additional features such as I need to actually get the whole thing being additionally durable additional security having private private sim capability support for CBRS which I'm sure stands for something and it could in fact just be CB radio that in fact actually could be what what CBRS stands for? Commercial Broadcast Radio System. Oh my god, that, that actually is it, isn't it? Easily able to connect to tactical radios, which is probably the CB, CBRS. A built-in stealth mode disabling pretty much every single radio in there in an instant. Built-in night vision mode. But here's the thing, I absolutely love about this phone alright rugged phones exist military grade rugged phones exist in fact cat makes them you know what I love the most about this phone the phone itself is not rugged the ruggedness comes with the case It's a freaking normal S20 with a few extra radio antennas in it, mostly for the CB functionalities. But all the other features, the salt resistance, the waterproofness, the additional shock resistance, the quick connect abilities, it's all done through a case! chat is currently trying to figure out what the difference is between airplane mode and stealth mode I can tell you what the difference is between stealth mode and airplane mode it's one word one word is literally the difference between stealth mode and airplane mode The word difference is airplane and stealth. That is the difference. 
literally the difference. There probably is something more to it that I'm just not sure about. In weirder news, NVIDIA's AI was staring at Pac-Man long enough that it recreated Pac-Man from scratch. Why? Why? Like, that, 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 that's like all I can say. I mean, it, it's kind of cool that NVIDIA has created an artificial intelligence that has coded a game from scratch just from supposedly watching the game, but I have to ask... But why? And also, can you please not have that AI watch any Terminator movies? Pretty, pretty please. I just, uh, Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna move on from from that. And granted, now in, in all seriousness, the NVIDIA AI being able to do that with being able to do that is still very very impressive. The fact that in fact an AI could in fact just produce a program out of thin air after observing how a different program goes is still very impressive. What's more impressive is Mount Sinai's AI that is able to diagnose COVID-19 faster than human technicians can in a patient. Well done. Well done. Now, with no good transition in the world of coronavirus... We're trying to figure out ways that we can do more and more remotely, despite the fact that a large chunk of the population is begging, underline begging to um, to get out of their homes. Granted, I understand, but at the same time, you do we do need to try and limit contact as much as possible. So. Texas, of all places, I can't believe it, but Texas is embracing the concept of a virtual remote trial. However, they have made one terrible mistake. They have decided to hold these trials via Zoom. Do I need to say it? Do I need to say it? I'm going to say it again and again and again. Stop using Zoom! 
Oh my god, stop using Zoom! I'm shaking this mic to try and get the point across, but it's not doing anything. Stop using Zoom! Stop it! Ah! For those of you who somehow have not heard my constant frickin' lunatic level rants about using Zoom and why you need to stop it immediately is the fact that Zoom is the most unsecure piece of software currently used in the world. Might not, it actually might not be. None of those claims I just said are true. But the fact that Zoom has had security vulnerabilities for years, for years, and yet still chooses to just ignore it. Like so far, Zoom has only made one correct decision, and that was a claim six weeks ago saying that they were going to stop all future feature development and focus just on bug fixes. Where's the bug fixes? There are a few. However, you can still just invite yourself into any kind of private Zoom meeting there is. It is hilariously easy to just gain control of another user's computer through Zoom. It even works on the Mac too, by the way. The being able to just gain remote access, no problem. And the only thing that Zoom has done publicly to address this is the fact they hired a security expert who formerly worked for Facebook. The guy was was for, used to work at Facebook. He wasn't even good enough for the security dumpster fire that is Facebook. Stop using Zoom. I can't believe I have to say this on almost a weekly basis. I don't think I had to say it last week. But stop using Zoom. This brings us, however, to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. The story I've been teasing all podcast. We finally have an update on G2A. G2A, if you don't remember, was accused of selling thousands upon thousands of illegally obtained game keys stolen game keys and G2A was adamant that all their game keys are legitimate that no 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 we do not get stolen game keys are the game keys we buy from others are totally legal totally so G2A this last week had a brilliant idea. You know what their brilliant idea was? We are going to hire an outside auditor. And that outside auditor is going to look into our practices and prove to the world 
that we are legitimate. Take a guess what that auditor found. The auditor found that, in fact, a large chunk of their keys were stolen. G2A's auditor straight up called G2A out. The, they had to pay the auditor. They paid the auditor to audit them. And they were called out. You don't see that happen very often. Normally when shady companies like this do this sort of thing, they go ahead and hire an auditor. That auditor... Uh, they're going to see their uh, the the check they were originally paid they originally paid to do the audit come back and say they're going to see that check double and their report is going to magically say that everything is fine everything is fine and everything checks out kids I can't remember the last time I have seen a company. I I've never seen a company play themselves this hard. To G2A's credit, they have in fact paid almost $40,000 to the developers of these companies that these game keys were illegally obtained from so I'll give G2A credit they at least did go out and did try to do the right thing in the end although chat right now has the best point of them all who is this auditor Because that guy, whoever that guy is, that guy is a champ. That guy's got quite the backbone. He's got, he's got true integrity. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. I do apologize if there was any sort of audio distortions. We did have to turn on the AC unit partway through. Because, of course, well, it's the the unofficial start of summer. And here in Wisconsin, it did decide to get pretty summer-like today. Please, I do encourage you, check out our daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, that airs every 4 a.m. every single day of the week. You can find that wherever you found this podcast. iTunes, Google, Google Podcasts, pretty much everywhere and i'll check out my twitch page at twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and i hope you stay safe and stay healthy out there
So one thing I don't actually quite get from this article, I've had other articles say that G2A paid out to multiple different developers. One I have from Polygon says that they've only paid to Factorio. So which is it? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I still don't trust G2A like at all, like not at all. Do I trust G2A? But you do got to give them some credit for at least trying to do the right thing. Needless to say, we're going to be keeping an eye on G2A for obvious reasons. Maybe they can turn a new leaf, but I think their reputation is pretty much about as shot as trusting, uh, well, EA or Ubisoft or God, pick your tech villain. Man, there's way too many tech villains. Oh, I know. Trusting Zoom! The games are still going to be built for whatever the lowest common piece of hardware is, which is going to be the Xbox One or the PS4, soon to be the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. So what happens when that hap- when that comes out and it's just like all of a sudden, oh, wow, we can have games take advantage of more threads. Well, now all of a sudden, you're playing on upgrading the system, but... Because of that, your chipset doesn't have full support because AMD is just like, oh, here you go. Here's the source code. Go make it happen. I guess whatever. You're already putting older components. You already are limiting your upgrade path. It's all going to come down to, of course, what can you afford? But to me, I would rather pick up a B450 board than a last gen 370 board. That's just me. Again, I'm not your dad. You can go ahead and pick your parts however you want. That is part of the beauty of PC building. We can agree to disagree. But regardless, I'm getting back on that tangent and rant again. This was just supposed to be a quick addendum where I have no chat to backlash at me, even though they're going to email me at eaglefalcontech at gmail.com. But the the point of the coming back here and here and editing out a certain port. Well, not I didn't edit anything out. I'm just editing in this thing was to say AMD does not underline not fully support the Ryzen 4000 series on the last gen chipsets. They're just throwing the source code to the manufacturers to say here you figure it out. So with that. On to the rest of the podcast.